All right, good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, March 11th. We are live. Um, I'm your host, Randall. I've got my partners in crime. Tommy. Enos. And Madman working the boards for us. Just want to remind everybody, thank you very much for listening. We do appreciate it, but we also stream live on uh, YouTube um, every, every week when we do this show. We're a little bit different than your other podcasts. We actually um, do this out live. So if we make any mistakes, it doesn't get edited out later. You get to see it and hear it in all its glory. How awesome is that? Yeah, that's great. Um, how was everybody's weekend? Pretty good. Good. Why not? Why not? Glad to see that everybody is still healthy and not sneezing, coughing, or praise the good Lord for that. Um, because I think <coughs> it won't be long before we uh, all come in here with masks and gloves and what have you. Um, before we get started, um, I do want to quickly mention. Um, Quickly, calendar, the 14th is what, Saturday, Sunday? Uh, I want to say 14th yes. is uh, Saturday. Okay, Saturday. great. Yeah. Um, our friends over at Gateway Comics, if you are in Virginia and you're in the Fredericksburg, Spotsylvania, or Stafford area, our friends at Gateway Comics are also now opening um, a, a, an art studio. And they are having a grand opening March 14th from 2 to 6 p.m. Um, at 2368 Plank Road. It's actually just down the road from where the comic shop is. That phone number is 540-226-4916. Um, they're going to be doing uh, mixed media work from local artists. Um, so you can stop by there, meet the artists, view the studio, sign up for classes and workshops. And I know one of the ones they're getting ready to do soon is a make your own comic book workshop. Um, and that's for kids, Enos. There is an age limit on that. I don't want to ah, see you ah, showing ah, up there. Ah, ah. Um, so there you go. He's so yeah. going to show up and he's going to write and draw and do right. everything. And if every, them not, if they anything, I would have contributed to help contribute <laughs> to the young but yeah, folks. Just, I, to, I was told Ed and his daughter and his crew over there at Gateway that we would mention them. Um, I'll put it up on our Facebook page as well. But stop by, show them some love. They also are really good guys. That's where I get my pulls every week. But I'm bump. Bills paid. Ching ching. Okay. Just left there. Good stuff. Um, what was I going to say? You I said you just left there. Reminded yes, sir. Me, reminded me of a, of a new book, but we'll come back to it. Let's get to some news. Um, let's cover the, the sad piece first. And uh, our condolences to the family of Alan Bellman, who passed away, I believe, Monday at the age of 95, who was also one of the very first artists at Timely before they were um, Marvel. Yep. Timely and Atlas, and worked on such books as Young Allies, Patriot, Human Torch, and Destroyer, and All Winners Comics, and let me tell you, and Marvel Mystery, and let me tell you, those are all the classic Marvel titles those that gave the, us Submariner and Human Torch yeah, and Captain those, America. Those are the big name. The, yeah, with the exception of uh, Captain America, you've got all the big name right. Golden Age Marvel books there. And my understanding is I think he was still doing convention appearances and working even up to just a couple years ago, so. Yeah. Giant has left us. Um, in other news, and I'm sorry for you people out there in Washington State or those of you who were traveling to this con, but Emerald City Comic Con has announced they are postponed um, until later this year. I don't think they've actually given um, a follow-up date as to when they'll put the show on. But as of now, they are, I'm going to say postponed until they actually just come out and say canceled. And of course, it is because of the corona scare. Last week, we reported that DC Comics had pulled out. Well, no, yes, DC Comics DC had Comics, pulled out. CGC. Dark Horse had pulled out. CDC had pulled out. Pretty uh, obvious that other companies were going to be pulling out as well. So they figured, let's not risk it. Let's just go it's ahead and cancel the show. probably the right call. You know, if you don't want to 
if there's a you know truly a health problem out there, you don't want to you don't want to risk it. All those people in one place, right? Probably well, not a good well, idea. and here's my thing, and I know this is the case for me when I go to Dragon Con. Um, a lot of those hotels are discount rates, um, so you forfeit um, your first night deposit if you can't make it. Um, and airlines, I mean airlines, you, you loot. That's all non-refundable usually. I, name me an airline where you get anything back if you have to cancel. Right. Mm. So I, I feel for all the people who are traveling from out of state who have now lost. First night deposit on the hotel, have lost their airfare. M- maybe some of that stuff will be reimbursed, especially if your airline or your hotel, I, the hotel especially, I can see, oh, you were coming for ECCC and you're not here now? Okay, well, here's your refund. But I'd like to sit, think that the airlines are going to you know, step up and do the right thing, you know? How, but, how many Comic-Cons are in Oz? I don't know. Do they ever go to the Munchkin City? Probably. Probably. I'd have to go you know, check out the Lollipop Guild. Yeah, I would, too. <laughs> Maybe we are the Lollipop Guild. Maybe if lollipop. Glenda the Goodwitch is a guest, I'll go. Yeah. So, um, But as of this moment, uh, both WonderCon and SDCC are still confirmed as being held. Um, again, we'll see where that goes. I'm, I'm fairly confident that this Corona scare is going to be over by summer. Um, especially Let's when so. when we this get to, soul, when we yeah. get to spring and summer, the heat comes up and starts killing the virus, and so. Plus, that's all I'm going to say about it. Da-da-da-da-da. Um So I found out why Batman '92 is already um, skyrocketing and selling now. It's oh be- yeah, it's because it's the first meeting of Harley Quinn and Punchline. Oh, okay. So yes, that'll be their first face to face, which makes sense because I was seeing a bunch of retailers um, saying that yes, we will fully mark up Batman '92 for people who aren't on the poll. Um, what are they saying? Our poor customers will get it, you know, at regular price. But mm-hmm. yes, we're going to put that puppy at thirty dollars on the shelf and boo hoo. Um, and now I know why it's so sought after. It'll, it'll be that first meeting. Of the Have you seen that the that Hell Arisen second print number three is is sold out too? Uh, yeah, no, I did not see that. Yeah, just... I, I, I was looking at mycomicshop.com. The second printing is already sold out too. Damn. And and here's what's funny: through um, a snafu on on my end, I have two copies of Hell Arisen three. Because I got one from our guys at Gateway, and then because of my pull with another company that ships to you every month and had this facilitated crossover, since I was getting the um, the original um, uh, Hell, Year of the Villain stuff from them, it automatically tied Hell Arisen to me. Ah. So imagine my surprise when I started getting those in the mails also, and issue three showed up over this weekend. I thank you for your donation. You can bring it next week. Sure. Uh, give me $30. No. <laughs> Because I'm probably going to get at least that on uh, the Evil Bay. Oh, speaking of which, Evil I, 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 I forgot. Edis gave me a copy of uh, the Swamp Thing series for you, and I forgot to bring it today. Okay. So I have to try to. I can either bring it to work or try to bring it next week. One of the two. Not a problem. Um, that Swamp Thing, man. Also, H-A-N-G. Um, so, and I also read too that so now Batman has got Punchline. He's got this this new guy. Um, um, the designer going on in the series currently, and James Tenyon has told us that yes, there's going to be a third villain coming too, called Clown Hunter. Clown Hunter, um, yeah. And apparently, uh, when he starts his Joker's War story, imagine the one he's currently doing, that guy's going to show up in his second issue. Okay. So I, I get a, I got to hand it to Tenyon. Not that King was bad; I loved his run, well, but he's he he's blowing that blowing it out the water right now. Oh well, yeah. I, he was doing. He was. If you read Detective Comics, you got a little taste of what you were going to get in Batman. Right, exactly. And and uh, he made Detective great, and uh, 
he's got me buying Batman every month. I'm still trying to find, uh, I was one issue, the one with Punchline's jaw in it. Good luck. 89, right? 89. Yep, you're going to pay for that. No, I ain't. I, ain't gonna do <laughs> I don't blame you. I wouldn't pay for it either. I, I can do without it because why the hell am I going to pay for a jawbone? Well, you, uh, you just wait a year for the... Yeah, you know, the hype to die down, and you find it in the back issue dollar bin. So well, I have yeah. to ask you a question, Randy. You said you said that um, that that he's killing it on on Batman. Are you ready to go on record and saying that this run is better than Tom King's? It is better than the last run that he did that he drug out for so long. But yes. not overall better. But than not Tom overall. King. Okay. He's got a few issues to to get there. But I was a little worried because I will. Well, I know a lot of people were extremely aggravated by it. I really did love the whole. Bruce and Selena engagement and working up to the way that that didn't happen, but um, and a lot of his other arcs were really good, like with the whole because uh, he is one with the Gotham girl and uh, and mm. Gotham right, and I mean that was a great arc. So yes, uh, it is better than the last arc, but the body of Hall still stands up. So oh, Tom yeah. King is still number one for you, is what you're saying? Yeah, you just want to okay, beat I'm that just, dead horse. I, all you I'm want, just making you? sure. I was a little worried by the way you were talking that maybe well, see, Tom had I, been replaced. People can, if I may, for a moment, just briefly, people can say whatever the hell they want about Tom King. What I loved about what about his run and his time on Batman is that if finally we finally got a storyline which focused on Bruce Wayne. Right. Because I've always thought it was a bunch of garbage that the idea of Batman is the real person the Bruce and Bruce Wayne is the disguise. I've never bought that. I've never thought that that was something viable to make Batman as great as he is because if there was never Bruce Wayne, there would have never been Batman. I don't give a damn if his parents did get killed when he was eight years old. Bruce Wayne was in existence first. And Bruce Wayne is just as important a character as Batman. And they both... and. and they both make what make what Batman was great about Batman great. So you also would then get into the argument of who's who's actually um, the character and who's the real person, Clark Kent or Superman? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think that I, I think that you know Cal El is Cal El. He is know? who he is, and I think that that's very clear cut. But when it comes to Batman, it's it's you can't say that you know he. The person who is in charge, it's almost like saying a schizophrenic uh, who has two personalities and saying the, the, the aberrant uh, personality is the one that's in charge. And I don't think that that's true. And I think that I think that Batman or Bruce Wayne, if you will, is smart enough to realize that, you know, that's that's an alter ego. Exactly. And 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 if you recall before 1989, he was always written that way. Right. Right. Because all you have to do is read. Um, Mike W. Barr's run on Brave and the Bold. That's all you need right there. Yeah. And the way that he was written by Steve Englehart during his run with Marshall Rogers. And um, also when um, when Doug Mensch was writing it and when Don Newton was doing the art, you always knew that Bruce Wayne was was Batman. And like, and, and another thing that always irked me about this is that Batman's psychological profile never was an issue. It didn't become an issue until Tim Burton made Batman. Right, exactly. It never was an issue. It never was a talking point until a- until he made that movie. See, look, yeah, you done the, triggered Enos. Yeah, know. the early <laughs> the early nineties. So yeah. many so many Batman stories in the early nineties were like 
Batman strapped to a chair screaming, I'm not insane. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what sold when they did that offshoot <laughs> issue, lights. The Shadow of the Bat. <laughs> All right. What was the first thing that they did? They had him in the nut house. So it's, it's, I'm like, I'm, uh, that's what I'll give Tom King props for that. So, see, you're going to pick on him about being a Tom King fan? No, that's just for sure. You're going to have to. That's exclusively. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna fangirl some more on Tom King. Have you read Strange Adventures number one? Yes. No, I haven't. Well, then well then you need to shut up until you read Strange Adventures. <laughs> no, I read Strange Adventures Back to the news. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me borrow one of your copies. I'm sure you got seven. I only have one. Uh, so. <laughs> I doubt that. I'm sure you have at least Jeff, John, and J- Jason Fabric have... I finally oh, got yes, a, per- yes. a, 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 a premiere date for Batman 3 Jokers as June 17th. I can't wait. I'm, um, I, I'm all in for this. Jeff Johns is on it. So so it's a three-issue Black Label series, um, and I love the fact that their story is going to focus on, now get this, Batman, Batgirl, and Red Hood. Yeah. Which means each one of the three Jokers is obviously going to be a standalone issue. We're going to get the one Joker that crippled Barbara Gordon. We're going to get the one Joker that killed Jason Todd right. and a total separate one for Batman. This is going to be awesome. Right. And they said the Batman one is going to be the killing joke Joker. Yes. Yeah, well, well, it's written by Jeff Johns, so you know it's going to be quality. Oh, yeah. My, most definitely. Well, if it's a killing joke Joker, then who's going to be the one for Barbara Gordon? That's a good question. It would have to be the, the killing joke. Killing joke, joke. Yeah, it has because, to be. because I, I'm now I could have may have, I may have read it wrong, but um, someone posted something on the Batman page about it, and they said which Joker would be going up, and I could have sworn I read uh, the killing joke. Because going. I would bet you Tommy's paycheck, the one that Barbara Gordon backroads is the killing joke. Yeah, killing joke yeah. and on, and um, oh, <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute, hey, there may be maybe the '70s Batman. Um, by fingered um. The the one that he came back. Yes, the Joker's five way revenge. There you go. That that'll be the one he gets. Yeah, right. yeah. So looking forward to that one. Going to be awesome. Thought I was going to say something else and just gone. Um, anyone got any news items before we move on? So if you're a high roller and you got all kinds of big money, um, head on over to MetropolisCollectibles.com. You can get yourself a Detective Comics uh, twenty seven. Graded, 6.0 condition, for the low, low price of $900,000. They also are featuring a Batman number one, 8.0, graded. Beautiful book, for the low price of only $800,000. You can get a Captain America comics number one, the first appearance of Captain America, 8.0. For, for only $200,000. That seems like a bargain compared to that. That one is, yes. That sounds like a bargain. Uh, There's a Hulk one, 9.2, for $425,000. And a Superman number 14, 9.4 for 150000 So if you've got some money to spend and you uh, you know, maybe maybe win the lottery or something like that, you get some big-name books here that you can check out. I win that NCAA so, uh, March Madness bracket. They got, they got an mm-hmm. offer thing here where you can make an offer, so I'm going to go ahead and make a $10 offer on this uh, Detective 27. For <laughs> 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 that damn $10. Yeah. Is this going to be just like eBay where it's going to come back and say you've been outbid? <laughs> you've been outbid. <laughs> Yep. Go ahead and make ten dollars there, and uh, see what see what they say. All right, probably, they'll probably call me up specifically to laugh in my face. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go into the show and tell. Um, now, this first book that we're going to show off um, fits in with tonight's subject. Um, so, I know. Just go ahead. Tonight's subject, we're going to be talking about those really great characters that didn't start in comics. Um, so, first up on the agenda, Madman, if you please, is. The Batman Harley Quinn uh, one-shot. So this is actually Harley Quinn's first appearance in regular DC continuity. It is not her first appearance in comic books. 
first appearance in comic books is actually Batman Adventures number 12, followed by Batman Adventures Mad Love, which is in DC um, UA. But this is her actual first DC canon story. Um, and I believe that is an Alex Ross cover. It definitely and it's a is, yeah. Story. yeah. Um, this is actually a really great book, um, great story, too. And, and this is kind of a pricey issue out there, too, guys. Um, I think it's on, like, maybe it's sixth or seventh reprint now. Um, um, but this is a foist. It's a foist print. Foist. A foist print. Um, and then this other one, I got to tell you, I've been trying to get this for quite a while, and I finally just pulled the trigger on it last week. Oh, you haven't seen it. You weren't here. Um, Power Girl, oh, yeah. number 27. Anytime there, Madman. Here we go. 9.6 copy. Um, here, I'll slide it down a little bit so you can see the CTC grade. There you go. 9.6. Would that come to us from eBay? Uh, yes, from the Evil Bay. Absolutely. Evil, Evil Bay. Evil Bay. Uh, uh, uh. Um, Twirl your mustache then. Exactly. <laughs> My, uh, yeah. So That's a pretty book. The reason this is such a hard book to get, this series was running right when DC announced that, by the way, we're going to do this thing called Flashpoint. We're going to cancel everything. And everybody who was reading Power Girl quit reading it. So, of course... That's why I don't own it. I this, was reading Power this Girl This issue this came time. out. The series actually wasn't getting cut. It was ending because of all the other series ending with Flashpoint. Right. But because all the regular readers had gotten ticked off and dropped the book, this cover came out, and everybody was like, oh, wow, that's a nice cover. And they got snagged up like crazy. So now it is a highly sought-after book, and that's one of only three I was missing from that run. So I finally just pulled the trigger and... Bought it off of the the auction site, and your and your explanation is is on point. I was collecting Power Girl at this time, and I gave up on it because everybody of, did because, because of the new Fifty Two, um, you know, advertisement, and that that they were ending the, these books. Otherwise, I would have owned that book because I would have bought it. Yes, um, Enos, you brought this one in, right? Yes. Okay, and Enos brought in. Uh, I guess see. Oh, that's right, because Madman ran out. Justice League number two hundred. That's Wouldn't a good looking book. Lost in the long box without a Justice League issue, right? Right. That's right. It's, we need to see how long we can go with actually having right. a Justice League issue every week. I, I actually found one. I got 150 at home. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. You can bring that so one So I in. got one more week. I could do it. Sweet. This is issue number 200, and this is the long-awaited issue 200. That's actually a nice book, too. Yeah. Uh, $1.50 on the cover. Look at that. You remember when you saw that on the stand, you're thinking, God, that's going to break me. That's yeah. going to be yeah. out of my comics for the week. Because that sucker I'm not going to be able to buy anything else. Yeah, Superman. I was in the ninth grade Superman. when that came out, man. Superman, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, Zatanna, Flash, yeah. Green Lantern. And it's Lobster Shell Zantana, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a costume I don't particularly care for. I like her more, um, more modern. Am I the only one who was okay with that costume? I oh, loved what? it. I mean... Yeah, we gave a grief about the weird hair clip, you know, lobster head. But other than that, I like that costume. Yeah. yeah. All right. And Madman, um, I guess we're going to start on this run now, are we? This is actually, you know, I kind of like these comments because, A, this was a great team-up book, and, B, as back when they were doing it, it was great dollar size. World's Finest, number 244. You guys, That's a pretty book. Yeah. Great Neil Adams cover. Yeah, um... You guys had talked previously about how uh, you have a comic book. Uh, you'd like to have a comic book that's uh, printed in the birth month. Right. Well, this is May from 77, which is my birth month. Oh, pretty cool. Oh, well, so, now, is it your birth year? Yeah, 77. Wow, now yeah, I feel pretty cool stuff. older and crap. So, Because uh, you are older. <laughs> and so I think it's, it's kind of the who is this man thing. That's, that's me. 
That's me coming nice. into the world. Who is that? Ah. Yes. Coming with a sniper yeah, rifle. Coming too. out with a sniper rifle. <laughs> That's right. Guns blazing. But I mean, I, I think I mentioned this last week with the, the dollar-sized issues of uh, Justice League I brought in. It's like, I love these dollar comic books. They were thicker. You know, you got a lot more reading material out of it. You got five action-packed adventures. And, and it's funny. You knew the back ones were going to be reprints, but the odds are... They were reprints of books you didn't have you anyway. You haven't read, yeah. yeah. That aren't available online or anything. Well, they, yeah, they wanted, <laughs> there was nothing available online. But yeah, I, I really love this time in DC Comics with all the 100-page the, the giant specials. Yeah. I mean, because you just felt like you were getting more for your money. Exactly. Yeah. And what was cool about that particular era with World's Finest was that all the stories were brand new. Everything was a new story. There was no reprints anything like that. And I am waiting for DC to stop fooling around and put out a hardcover of all of the Don Newton Shazam stories. Yep. I'm kind of oh, surprised they awesome. didn't with the movie and everything. I thought they were going to do that. I really did because yeah. that was my favorite favorite Shazam um, run was that. Because they ended it with 35 because Newton had just gotten on the book. They ended it and it put uh, Shazam in the pages of World's Finest. And it was like, I just love the way well, he drew Captain Marvel. He wasn't squinting. Well, remember, um, Shazam was one of the books that fell prey to the DC implosion. Implosion, yep. And the books, the Shazam stories, like you said, that, didn't, that were supposed to be printed showed up on World's Finest. Yep. Just like um, the Justice Society, those stories showed up in Adventure. Yep. So, And Tommy has brought in X-Men number 47, I'm going to put it down here real quick because it's a graded and our camera's not catching the thing. It's a 4.5. Um, but for 4.5, this is a great book. Yeah, it's a really pretty book. Um, which goes right back to that argument we had about that Miss Marvel number one I got. That's a 4.0. Mm-hmm. The Mystery of, of the, the Maha, Maha Yogi. Yogi. Yeah, this is, one, this, this is a book I got uh, years ago when I got back into collecting comics. Um, got this one and, and um, the other one that I bought in today to show. Um, and ha just absolutely had to get them graded because, you know, reasons. Beast is always leading feet first, man. Yeah, That's exactly. right. Toe jam for the villains. That's now, it. Now, this I one here, I'm pretty certain this is still an original story. Yes. Um, but I want to say this next one you have here. I think that's when the reprint is, is in the reprint era. I believe that is the case. I so, believe you are correct. So, X-Men number 61. This one is a 3.0. Got that up there on, on the corner for you. And it is, um, looks like that's Angel. Looks like it's an early early version Angel. Yep. Um, so for you guys who don't know this, and, and I can never keep these numbers straight in my head, I'm sorry. Um, X-Men was an odd situation because the book was actually cut. Around issue 50-something, Marvel quit doing original stories and they ran reprints of X-Men. Which back for that day and age, that was actually unheard of. If a book didn't sell, you just cut the book. Right. Um, but Marvel actually just kept X-Men going and reprinted all the earlier adventures. They put new covers on them, so you didn't actually really know they were reprints until you opened up and it said, originally presented in X-Men whatever. So, Yeah, and it ran for, um, for quite like some time. 30, 40 issues, right. Right. Yeah, yeah for several years. So, and then of course, so it looks like the title ceased publishing original material and featured reprints in issue 67. So this okay, is, so this this is, is still six issue. This is still an original. All right, so 67 through 93, because of course 44 or so 94. From, from December 1970 through June of 75, they were reprints. Right. 
Which then, is crazy because I just I couldn't see any other comic doing that in this day and age. They and, didn't, and they still sold. Yeah, right. Well, remember, well, and again, remember, um, while we're on that subject, that happened with Hulk. There were six issues of Hulk before it went to Tales to Astonish because he couldn't carry the book by himself. And then it, it had Hulk, Submariner, and I think occasionally it had Ant Man too, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, but then eventually the Hulk feature got more popular, started selling, so they turn it back into Hulk again with 102. Yep. So, uh, so, I will give Marvel their props. They may be screwing some stuff up now. I didn't say that out loud. But back in the day, they knew how to keep popular characters around if Mm. they weren't selling because they knew it'll get hot again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, almost, what, almost five years of reprints. It's crazy. All right, so that leads us into tonight's episode. Um... We are going to be talking about those popular characters, the successful characters that didn't actually start in a comic book, but are great in them now. And I'm going to hand it right to Tommy to go first. All right, so I think we have to start with with the obvious choice. I mean, she's been around for quite some time. Uh, very popular. Started in started in cartoons, as a matter of fact, um, from Spider Man and, and his Amazing Friends in 1971. We're going to start with Firestar. Uh, you're ten years too late. That's 1981. 81 is when it started. 81. Okay. Okay, Triumph of the Green Goblin, September 1981, yes. Um, I bring her up because we, because at home on, on Disney+, Plus, the wife and I have been watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends lately. That was actually a really great series. It was a really great series. Yeah, we've been watching it lately. She made her mainstream debut in continuity in X-Men 193 in 1985. Uh, most famous for her run in The New Warriors in the 90s. Great book. If you guys haven't had a chance to check it out, you should. I loved me some New Warriors. Good stuff. Um, Good stuff. Known for, uh, she had a romance with Marvel Boy during that time. Uh, she's been a member of the Hellions as well as uh, the X-Men and Avengers. So. And you, you know what? I think the whole reason New Warriors sold was because they saw Firestar in the cover. Yep. Well, if you think about it. Had you not put her in that book, that book would have not sold. If you think about it, if you look at the cover to that, she is by far the most famous character on that. Because, you know, Night Thrasher was, making, was new for that book. I mean, Namorita had been around, you know, Nova had been around, but really nothing since probably, what, the 70s? Right. Um, you know, Speedball was definitely not an A-lister, as much as I like Speedball. Um, yeah, so I think she was probably the only one that was probably any kind of, you know, name recognition. And, you know, like you said, she's probably the one that sold the, the book initially. Because, I, although I don't know, Night Thrasher and his skateboard was pretty cool. Ugh, gross. Come on, man. Well, I just remember when we were watching Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, it showed Spider-Man, okay, great, you showed Iceman, oh, that's kind of cool, and then here came this chick with the red hair and the flaming suit, and you went, who's that? Yeah. Um, so it was cool that we had a new character, and you're like, who is this? And and who besides me started digging through old comics trying to find, find this girl? Who she was. <laughs> and you're find like, who she was. I don't know who this is. Well, in 81, I would not have been doing that on account of me being four. <laughs> right. So I would not have been doing that. I did not have a comic collection at that time. Those of us old enough to remember dug yeah. through our comics going, who is this yeah. character? So th- those of us that are older than you dirt. and I were in high school when this book. Right. Yeah. And there was many conversations in the comic shop about who is this Firestar, Firestar. chick? Oh, she's new for the show. Oh. So, of course, when New Warriors 1 came out and there she was on the cover, I can guarantee you everybody bought that book because here was the first comic appearance of a character on a TV show. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Trivia question. Who was the voice of Firestar? I knew you was going to pull something like that. I, I, I used to know this, too. I don't remember. Um, Bruce Valanche. 
<laughs> I got I got the answer. It's, 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 I got the answer right here. It's Kathy Garber. All right, and what and what and what was her claim to fame? I have no idea, but she was the voice of Firestar. She was the voice of Firestar. She was the she was actually sissy on the old sitcom Family Affair. Oh my god. He doesn't know this. He's too Wow, young. man. That, you guys are old. That was Sissy from wow, okay. Family Affair. Yep. I, and, wow. and and that was and that show was the beginning of her second um chapter in life, so to speak, when it came to acting, because she is it was a very wound up becoming, because of this show, one of the most sought sought after voice actors for that time frame. There you go. That's awesome. Cause I remember Buffy and Buffy Jody and Uncle Joan Bill. And Mr. French. Mr. French. And Uncle Bill. Played by Sebastian Cabot. Cabot. Yes, yep. sir. Used to watch it in the afternoon. It's Tommy. Yep. This is going right over your head. Tommy yep. doesn't even know what this show I is. No idea what you're <laughs> talking yes, about. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. When so. you were, if you were a kid, you had to watch Family Affair. Oh, yeah. All right. Family Affair, my and my three sons. Yep. Wow. Man. <laughs> Enos, give, Enos. Me, give me a character that didn't start in comics that's gotten immensely popular. Well... Stay away from HQ. Okay, I got you. Um, this particular character here quite possibly is one of the oldest literary characters that is out right now, and that's Tarzan. Oh, God, I forgot all about Tarzan. And Tarzan has been around, check this, y'all, I do believe it's 510 years. Yeah, he was a pulp hero before we had pulp heroes. And so Tarzan made... Um, Tarzan made Randy. Would you put this up, please? Um, Tarzan was one of probably, arguably, one of the most popular literary characters of all time, created by the one and only um, Edgar Rice Edgar Burroughs, Rice Burroughs. Mm-hmm. whose life itself is an amazing story. Because for the longest time, up until he created Tarzan. He was known as, as they said on his biography in a, on A&E, the world's most successful failure. Once he found his niche in writing, when he had done, when Tarzan debuted in the All Story back in 1912, it was no stopping him from there. We and because of him, we got um, Pellucidar, we got John Carter, Warlord of Mars, we got the or the land that time forgot, and countless others. And he has made. Um, arguably, Tarzan, one of the greatest literary icons of all time, but it didn't stop there. It wound up, um, Tarzan wound up becoming a first, a big staple of motion pictures with the introduction of Tarzan of the Apes by um, in, in a silent feature starring Elmo Lincoln, but quite arguably the most famous Tarzan is Olympian Johnny Weissmiller who mm-hmm. gave us the Tarzan yell, and many other actors who followed him, such as Lex Barker, Mike Henry, Jock Mahoney, um, Denny Miller, Gordon Scott, who was one of my favorites, and, um, and the most recent Tarzan, True Blood's Alexander Skarsgård from The Legend of Tarzan, which I highly recommend to everyone who is a Tarzan fan because you are going to see the true Tarzan. Now, as far as comics go, you've, um, Tarzan has made his um, appearance in Dell and Gold Key comics, but um, doing me and Randy's, because since Randy and I are close to the same age, we were familiar with the Joe Kubert run, and um, from DC, based on the, the return of Star, the return of Tarzan novel, and during the DC heyday, 
and Marvel's run mm -hmm. in 1977, drawn by the great, the late great John Buscema, and edited and written by the one and only Roy Thomas. And Tarzan has had other great artists, such as Russ Manning, Jesse March, Jesse Marsh, but probably one of the most notable Tarzan artists who is probably credited with giving us true anatomy in the realm of comics is Bern Hogarth, who, who's, whose work was so ahead of his time. It is, everything he has is a collector's item, and once I get my hand, hands on some of his books, that will be a, solid, um, a, a solidified feature of my Tarzan collection. Awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, I totally forgot about Tarzan, but yeah, I remember both Marvel and DC having that series because if I remember correctly, he was in the public domain. Yes. So once you quit publishing it, after about a year or so, you could snag it up and start print, publishing again. Right. So, And if you want those run, the Joe Kubert and the John Buscema run, you can get them in hardcover from Dark Horse Comics, who has the license to the character. And also, Tarzan has had two animated series, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle in 1977 on CBS, and The Legend of Tarzan, which was a spinoff from the Disney film in 1999. Yeah. And Tarzan Live at the Apollo. Tarzan Live at the Apollo. Apollo. <laughs> nice. And, Tarz and one last tidbit on the Tarzan animated series. Um, Tarzan, was, um, Tarzan Lord of the Jungle was voiced by Robert Ridgely, who was also the voice of Flash Gordon and Thundar the Barbarian I, during the 70s. I noticed that has Jane on the cover also. Yep. So here's one that I found um, that I did not know about. Um, so, back, I guess, it might have been in the 90s, I'm fuzzy on the actual time frame, there was a cartoon, X-Men Evolution, yeah. um, which was obviously um, about the earlier X-Men um, and, like, younger versions of the, of the mutants, so it didn't have the, the core guys like, you know, Cyclops and Wolverine and Jean Grey and what have you. But in that show, they did introduce a, a young woman who was like Wolverine, um, but she had two claws instead of three. I'm, of course, talking about X-23. I did not know that X-23 started on X-Men Evolution. I did not either. I, I didn't thought, even tell research for the show. I thought she was um, always in the, in the comics. But, no, she came in a in a TV show. But she's gotten huge. Oh, yeah, she's Marvel. big. She's a super popular character. Um, in fact, she was what, I guess, uh, the comic NYX or Next Whatever um, she had her own series for a while. She was in all new X Men. Remember, she actually um, for a while there was the Wolverine. Right, Wolverine. Wolverine. right after his death in the comics, she so, took over as Wolverine. I mean, I remember when I was researching this and I saw X twenty three. I then went, huh? What? And I had to go digging into it. I'm thinking, I did not know that. I actually found two surprises looking into this one, which I'll bring up my other one later. Um, Tommy, who do you have? So we're going to go back to the uh, the realm of cartoons, one of our favorite cartoons of all time, Batman the uh, Animated Series. Everybody loves that. Uh, she was a star in, in that series. She was a star, has been a star in comics and has recently been in a, uh, a feature film. Of course, I'm talking about Renee Montoya. Um, she first appeared in, in Batman the Animated Series POV. Uh, her first comic appearance is, was in Batman 475 in March 1992. Um, she had a really great run as the question in the in the weekly series fifty two when she took over for uh, Vic Sage after his death. That was a that was a phenomenal storyline. Yeah, yeah. If you guys haven't checked that, my favorite part of her though was when she was in um, Gotham Central. Central. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, if you guys have not checked this out, you need to. This was a great series. It was started out being written by Ed Brubaker, who is an amazing writer. Um, it's story basically a story about the men and women of the Gotham Central Police Department. 
Um, of course, Batman shows up from time to time because you can't have a story set in Gotham about villains and stuff without him from time to time. He gets out so often. But Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gets out a lot. But, yeah, she, she was fantastic. Uh, you know, and as anybody who's seen the new Harley Quinn movie knows that she was played by uh, Rosie Perez in that. So, quite a bit of crossover success there. And if you are a fan of the TV series Law and & Order, uh, and you are a comics fan, this comic book series is definitely one for you. Gotham yeah, Central. Gotham, Gotham Central, Central. Is, is amazing. It, I've it's never read that. Ever. I need to go back and You need to check that. that out. Gotham Central is great. I, and it's funny, you said that um, she was played by Rosie Perez in the movie, and as far as I'm concerned, that is the only um, iteration of Ray Montoya that sucks. <laughs> Not nothing against Rosie; she's a fine actress. They didn't. They didn't. But they, every character in that movie, with the exception of Harley Quinn, sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they argue with that. And, and and this is coming from a guy who's not very hard to please when it comes to movie. Oh, Just yeah. you know what? Entertain me. Yeah. Uh, hey, you guys are very forgiving. Yes, we are. <laughs> but hey, I'm admitting that that movie had problems, especially with the characters. Um, but and it's funny too. I remember. Um, when they revealed that she was also gay, yeah. I was like, "Man, they just they just keep making this character really in depth, really interesting." Uh, so, which for a time, wasn't she involved with Batwoman? Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I if think, I'm not mistaken, that was during the the, the 52 run, right? Mm-hmm. When she was uh, involved. Well, with Batwoman. and and in the 52 run, her and um, Kate are on the rocks, even when that's that yeah when starts. it starts. So. But she, she's actually a character I think would be deserving of her own series. Oh, yeah. I thought, you know, with coming out of 52, the weekly series, I really thought that she was going to get her own series with, with, the, with the question because I thought that was one of the better stories during 52 yep. was, was Renee's. Um, right. I, it was probably the second best after the Booster Gold story. I, I really loved when she became the question. I thought yeah. that was yeah. such a perfect fit for her. Yeah, and I mean, it really felt like that's what they were grooming it for was for her to have her own series as the question. So I was kind of surprised when that didn't happen. Maybe there was too much fan backlash going. You can't make a woman a question. Oh my god! I mean, they killed off Vic Sage. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe I was okay with it because I didn't have like you know a, like any kind of I, I didn't know who Vic Sage was. The question was prior to that series. I had no idea who it was. She was also so really, I had no attachment to. Him. She always shined too when she was paired up with Harvey Bullock. Oh, Harvey Bullock. Oh, she yeah. was such a ball yeah. buster with it. Yeah, she she was, she was like. Um, um, the yin to his yang, right? Because if there was anybody who could go toe to toe with Harvey Bullock, it was Renee. It was her, right? That's why the, the dynamic between them was so great. Well, I think she, and this is funny. I think when you look at their relationship, she was the only other cop on GCPD that he respected. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and that like you know he watched himself around. If there was anyone that he didn't um because you know Harvey Bullock didn't care about no one or anything like that. He did what he wanted to do. With Montoya, he watched himself. He he right. he he backed off a little bit from being the jerk that he was. He had a, like you said, he was she was the only one he had any respect for. Yeah. You know, one of the things about the TV show Gotham that was really that I really liked in the first season was that they had Renee Montoya. Right. In it. Yeah. And I was very disappointed when, you know, she was gone in the season. Yeah, you wanted that. Didn't they you have Donald Lowe as a uh, bullet? In there. Yes. I love him. He pulled yeah. off, now he, he pulled that off great. Yeah, yes. he was he was a good bullet. I, lo- I, I love Donald Lowe. He I enjoyed fantastic. the series of Gotham. I liked that. It had high points and had low yeah. Maybe we'll have to talk about Gotham uh, on one of our episodes. All right, Enos, what else you got? Okay, another character that um, didn't start off in comics but wound up making a very, very big splash 
had his day, early days in radio, and that's the Green Hornet. Um, he started. He was created by George Trendle and Fran Stryker, and as was a spinoff of was actually a modern day version of the Lone Ranger, who coincidentally is his great uncle, who I hopefully will be able to talk about a little bit further in the show. Um, the Green Hornet is Britt Reed, a, um, a newspaper publisher who is a hero, but a hero with a twist. He actually is on record as he's actually a perceived as a criminal because he infiltrates these rackets, makes deals with these guys, and double crosses them and sets them up to be taken in by the police, and he's working with the district attorney, who doesn't know who he is. Now, um, after the radio series, or during the radio series, there were a lot of um, comic book tie-ins that were related to it. But really, the Green Hornet did not hit his stride until 1966, during the craze of Batmania, in which the producer <laughs> of that series, William Dozier, got the rights to the Green Hornet, but he wanted to do something different. Where Batman was campy and funny and tongue-in-cheek, the Green Hornet television series was played completely straight. And in September of 1966, this is what, through the voice of William Dozier, this is what you heard. Another challenge for the Green Hornet. His aide Cato and their ruling arsenal, the Black Beauty. On police record, a wanted criminal, the Green Hornet is really Britt Reed, owner publisher of the Daily Sentinel. His dual identity, known only to his secretary and to the district attorney, and now to protect the rights and lives of decent citizens, rides the Green Hornet. Even though that show only lasted 20 a year or 26 episodes, it has had a cult following and a solid fan base that is still rare around to this day. Sadly, Van Williams and Bruce Lee are gone. Bruce Lee, coincidentally, who Kato. was who was playing Cato and went on to become a worldwide phenomenon kicking off the martial arts motion picture craze. And sadly on July 27, 1973, we lost him to a um cerebral edema, which was he had a hype had a, um allergic reaction to a painkiller because he was taken um through the headaches. And uh, this movie also, to, uh, The Green Hornet also was part of the uh, money grab, so to speak, with the trying to cash in on Bruce Lee's image because they repackaged two television shows, two movies, and, and packaged them together based on the 26 um, episodes of the series, Cato and the Green Hornet and Fury of the Dragon. Now, um, in the comics... Then 1989, Now Comics showed up with, well, with coincidentally, one of the... Yeah, Now Publications did a Green Hornet series. Um, yep, I remember one, that. With one of the, with arguably one of the best runs and interpretations of the uh, Green Hornet character, written by Ron, my two good friends, Ron Fortier, and art by Jeff Butler. Ron and Jeff, how you doing? Great series. Um, this... This series gave the Green Hornet a legacy because it picked up from where the original Green Hornet left off and you saw members of his family basically take over. His, da his daughter Diana was the district attorney. His, um, his, um, his nephew was the TV Green Hornet. And after the original Green Hornet was killed, he took over and basically acted as a, um, as a um, mentor 
to the current green to his two his two brothers' sons, Alan and Paul Reed. Alan actually took on the guise of the Green Hornet, but he was killed. And the, and the series focused on Paul Reed and Cato's daughter, the original Cato's daughter, um, Mishy, as the female Cato, who I loved. I gotta say that's a sweet cover too. Yes. For you guys listening who aren't watching the YouTube, Enos did that intro from the TV show all from memory. He didn't look at a single note. So I don't know if I'm impressed or scared. Yeah, <laughs> and all I can remember is like, for as far as entries, it's like na 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 Batman. Well, well, also, well, and I was going to mention too. There's that really great episode with Batman when Batman and Robin are climbing up the building and the window opens up and Green Hornet and Kato stick their head out. Right. And so they did a cross reference there. Uh, but because you mentioned that they he originally started on radio, that brought up two others that I have here. Ooh. Who I did not know about being on radio first, um, and they're such huge, huge staples in this comic series, and that would be from the Adventures of Superman radio show in 1940. Jimmy Olsen and Perry White yep. um, started on that TV show. They were not originally in the comics. There had been a Jimmy Olsen type character in the books, but he's never actually named. Right. It's right. Not, he's the office boy. Is what right. He was. It's yeah. not until we get the radio show, and the radio show is where Perry White gets his two signature lines: "Great Cedars Ghost" and "Don't Call Me Chief," yep. which they rarely use in the comics. They use it in the movies, and they the use it show. in the TV show, um, but you rarely see it in the comics. You will occasionally see Great Caesar's Ghost and occasionally the, the Don't Call Me Chief, but they don't play it up as much as they did um, on those. But yeah, those those are another ones that I was like, huh, didn't know that. Um, yeah, I didn't know that until, I mean, because, um, you know, Office Boy showed up prior to that. But, right. you know, and he wound up being named Beanie. Beanie. Right. Yeah, because like he what was. What kind of name is that? I have no idea, but uh, nevertheless, he wound up being a part of the uh, 1966 filmation Superman television series, which was um, which actually had the majority of the voice actors on that show were from that from the radio series: right. Bud Collier, Joan Alexander, Jack um, Grimes, and the narrator Jackson Beck. Well, now here's what's funny. Um, because if you remember, when Superman starts, he works for the Daily Star. Right. And the editor is, is somebody, Taylor. George Taylor. George Taylor. Taylor. Um, so I want to say it's George Taylor all the way up until the radio show hit. Right. And all of a sudden, they, they chucked him. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean by chucked him? Happy Days, um, uh, Richie the, Cunningham's oldest brother, yeah, Chuck. Brother. They just oh, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, uh, just yeah like, they tend to do that a lot with TV. Chuck, Chuck was there, and then all of a sudden he, he was, was gone. With no mention of where's Chuck. Yeah. I remember they, that mostly from um, the TV show I loved back in the 90s. Family, uh, Matter. Family Matters. Yeah. When, when, the, when the sister went upstairs to her room and just never came and back. never came back. Never came back. Never came back. So, I, I, and to be honest with you, I think it was like, Halfway through the next season, before I realized I hadn't seen her. Yeah. So, but so um, we got a couple others here now. Who wants to take the big one? Do we want to save her last? Who wants to? Uh, you know what? You go ahead, and take another one. Just so say this. It. So this one it comes from cartoons again. It started in cartoons. It was created by um, by by, by uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Um, oh, you are going to take her. That's just I, I, yep. That, yep. It's, it's, it's uh, this this is this is a pretty famous one. Um, of course, I'm talking about Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm talking about Batman Beyond. Uh, great series. I don't know. It's, you know, it's set, of course, set in the future where Bruce Wayne has retired and he's taken on an, a, a new kid to be Batman, uh, Terry McGinnis. And I'm sorry, my 
for whatever reason, my computer's crashed on mm, me, so right. I don't have that here. But if you guys haven't seen it, this this was a phenomenal series. I have not read the comic. I, I know I do know that he's had a couple. He's series. extremely popular in the comics. Yeah, yeah. I, I know I know that they're doing pretty good, and I've been meaning to get into his comics because I have I did love the um, the cartoon series so much. And his little brother is the new Robin. And I tell you what, uh, if you've never seen oh, any good. of the Batman Beyond series. Do yourself a favor and at least pick up the movie Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. That was great. Oh yeah, that, that is such great. a great story. Especially when you find out who the Joker is now and and the plan he did. That was such. That was such. That, a, that, that was. That is almost as evil as crippling Barbara Gordon. I yeah. mean, it, it's yeah. that level of yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was a great great movie. You I find watched, out, I watched you, it like two o'clock in the morning. I woke up and couldn't sleep, and it was on. I was like, you, I've never you, seen this before. And thi this and. If you really want to get a good example of how much of a, pardon my French, what a bastard the Joker is, read the Joker's five-way revenge, watch, um, the, or read the killing joke, and watch, and watch Batman, Batman, Batman the Return the of the Joker. That's and, cool. and, and, and you will want Batman to whip his butt. Yeah. And another great one, since we're talking about that one, watch... Batman Under the Red Hood. Yes! Um, that's another great movie, especially the part where Jason Todd kicks open the door, there's Batman, or uh, Joker tied up, right. and he straight up asks him, why is he still alive? Exactly. That's another great movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Take one, Enos. All right. I, I, got, I, I got one. Oh, oh Batman. 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 By all means, my friend. G.I. Joe. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There you go. That's Any of those great old G.I. Joe comic books, especially when they first came out, you notice like all the Joes looked the same. And, right. very, and very few of them had like proper names. Right. And it was kind of based upon the toy line. When the original toy line came out, they're all pretty much uniform. Average soldier guy or average, average sailor guy. Right. But then over time in the G.I. Joe series, that's when you started, these characters started coming out the Snake Eyes, you right. know, the uh, Scarlet. Lady J, my girl, Lady J. Oh yeah, yeah, and and that's when you know they started becoming this more, uh, I don't know, like almost like a comic booky superhero like uh, uh, force. Well, remember the the cartoon took that those toys and made it not a man but an actual uh, 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 name uh, a military organization, right? Exactly. Right, and that was that, and, and it was uh, it, it was the toy. It was then the show. And then comic books after that. So the right. comic books were the last part. And the comic, the comic ran for years, I want to for say. For a long time, were, yeah. I really liked them. I thought they were yeah, better they, than the show. It, well, well, what was cool about that was when they brought out that G.I. Joe toy line back in 1982. Well, hold, hold back up, back up. If there's a G.I. Joy toy, I want to find that. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You <laughs> would. <laughs> anyway, what, what was cool about it, and this was back when... Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. I look at G.I. Joy. Marvel, this was back when Marvel was really cool. Marvel did a brilliant thing. What they used to do is they would promote... The toys, but they would also do an animated commercial for the upcoming episode um, issue for the GI Joe comic book, mm -hmm. and that's what turned me on to it. And then in um then, then in eighty three we got the first GI Joe uh, miniseries where we were introduced to Duke, voiced by Michael Bell, who I had the pleasure of meeting at GalaxyCon last June. Great guy, awesome. What a, he guys got a resume like you wouldn't believe. 
And um, like Mad Man was saying, we got all these other characters, and what was so cool, they had depth. You know what's funny, though? Since Mad Men brought that up, it reminds me, Marvel had a lot of success with the toy properties. Um, right, the becoming, Transformers. Trans Transformers. Transformers, Transformers um, Micronauts, ROM, yep. um, G.I. Joe. I think the only one that really tanked was Shogun Warriors. They also had another uh, toy line that was uh, that they turned to a comic, too, that you don't hear about. It was very... Was Mask? Like, no. Oh. Team America. Centurions. Oh, really? The, there was, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, there was a... Um, back when I was... Remember back when we were kids, they had the Evil Knievel uh, motorcycle where you would sit up there and ride it up and make <laughs> them go. That. Well, they, they didn't bring back Evil Knievel, but they brought back that kind of... that concept, but with four guys that made up Team America. I remember that, yep. And so they took that. It was by Ideal Toys. Marvel got the license from Ideal and and did a comic book series, and they were led by um, the Marauder, who was mysterious. Turned out Marauder was all dressed in black, and everybody thought Marauder was a guy, but it turned out to be a black woman. Wow, yeah. So i got to interrupt you because we're getting down to the wire, right. and we've got some that we really need to hit. Well, i got to ask Mad Man one quick question real quick first. Speaking of G.I. Joe. Yeah. Cobra Commander or Serpentor? Cobra Commander. Oh, what yes. is wrong with you? Well, I mean, that's the obvious <laughs> choice. Why would you want to pick Serpentor over me? So, why are you always yelling, dude? <laughs> so here's what we got. More characters that started um, in other media and have crossed over to comics successfully. This one, there, I got two of them here that surprised me. Agent Phil Coulson. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I did not know that he is now in the Avengers and he's in S.H.I.E.L.D. He was actually leading the Avengers uh, for a while. This one just kind of still boggles the mind. Mercy Graves, Luther's uh, right hand, um, started in the Superman animated series. Yeah. Yep. I only ever remember her from the comics. Yeah, she was in the, yeah, um, she was a, and her And the lady who voiced her was, did you just watch the show House? Yeah. His boss. Gotcha. Oh, Cuddy? Yep. The, 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 the lady was, he was fooling around with, too, with oh, the brown yeah. hair. Got it. Yep. And Got another it. one that was out of also Superman anime series, and I think this character works great in the comics, is Livewire. Livewire. She was great in the cartoon. You just knew when they brought her into the comics, this character is going to be awesome. Yep. And Lori had, Petty. And we have to also mention, because we'd be remiss if we didn't, the Wonder Twins. The Wonder Twin Powers activate. Well, no. they started off as a joke in yeah. um, the city. But here's the thing. You find a Justice League Extreme Justice number nine, and they totally rewrite their origin. And then Brian Michael Bendis just last year right. did that really great series with them, and now they're in Justice League. And in fact, you see them in the last issue of Justice League. Um, so those are really good. All right, who wants to take the big girl? Who wants her? So, so we've been teasing it all night, you know, and joking around and everything. But it's time to get to the to to the to the most important one. We all know who that is. It's Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. So, starting out in Batman the Animated Series, the, the cartoon, she's become rather famous, much to some people's chagrin, but, you know. This is, uh, th this is the Mad Love one from earlier, right? right? Nope, this, no, is this is the is actual, something. this is the first DC canon. Okay. So, Mad Love was her origin Still, story sorry, for the Batman DC the Animated, but no. it's not her first comic appearance. No. Her Batman Adventures 12 is her first comics, but it's still not in DC canon. Did, didn't you say you missed out on that by one issue? Yes, shut up. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to, just <laughs> asking. I mean, yes, just like up. the Power Girl 27 that we missed out on. Right. So, in case you guys didn't hear last week, 
Um, I was collecting the Batman animated series comic book. It was like just Batman Adventures. And I, since I never saw the show, couldn't keep up the comic, I was cutting some of the corners as well. I'm going to drop some titles I don't really care for. So I dropped Batman Adventures at issue 11. And, of course, issue 12 came it's out the big with Daddy. Quinn. It was in my pull box, and I told my guys, no, nah, I'm not reading these anymore. He put it back on the shelf, and now, 20 years later... I've You're kicking his ass. Right, exactly. If you had done the right thing and bought that, and then you know told him, like, after this one, I don't want it anymore, you'd be in good shape. Right. But you didn't, so... Well, here's... Uh, and honestly, I thought, eh, you know, the character's not ever going to be mainstream. They're not going to... Bing! They're not going to put her in comics, and here she is. Um, but Harley Quinn, without a doubt is probably the most successful character to not start in a comic Hands book. Hands down. Hands yeah, down. Because look at all the stuff she's been in. I mean, she's had like three of her own series. Um, and I'm sorry, for my money, the one from, I guess, 2000, like ran 38 issues, right. that is still one of her best series. Um, and, and she's been in you know two movies, one one of her own and one that may as well have been, you know, Harley Quinn. The Suicide Squad was mostly about her, so. But, you know. Yeah, but that was so much more of an ensemble piece than the rest of them, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th those characters... And the characters are, have more depth, too. I was about to say, the characters are a little more fleshed out. But yeah, yeah, definitely the most... She's by far the most famous, the, the one, I mean, the most popular. I mean, you can't go to a con without seeing, you know, multiple Harley Quinn costumes. God love them. Oh, yeah. Of various degrees. <laughs> uh, right. I mean, she's all over the place. Um, but like I said, I had to tease it for most of the night because, you know, you, you just... You had to. But you got to... At the end, you got to bow to the queen. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, whether you love her or hate her, you have to. You just have to admit that yes, she's had the most success. Oh, yeah. by far. I mean, it's hands down. And you know, she's got a really popular series now. She's in she's in what three or four different DC series. Um, and I will say, if you're not reading uh, Harley Joker Criminal Sanity, you need to be. Oh, that is so good. And even the one that just wrapped up, Harleen, mm -hmm. the other oversized, that one's really good too. So I would recommend picking up Harleen. In fact, the hardcover is out now. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, they spit that bad boy out like two weeks after issue three had dropped. Mm, so. Wow, yeah, that's quick. But, yes, Joker uh, and Har Harley Quinn, Criminal Sanity, just yeah. for the art alone is fantastic. That's an amazing book. It's, What's really great really about great. that series is you get to see the psychiatrist Harley Quinn before yeah. Joker gets his hands on her. Um, so that is all the time that we have for this week. I do want to remind everyone to tune in to Madman's show, Shock Monkey Radio, every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Um, we also do have our Facebook group, uh, lostandlongbox.com. Lostandlongbox uh, at gmail.com. would love to hear from you. Uh, we have our Facebook groups that Enos runs that are, uh, I guess you could call affiliated, sister sites, what have you. Batman, Yesterday, Today, Forever. Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams. Until next time, you guys, thank you very much. Lost in the Long Box. We love you guys. Have, Have a good night. night Talk to you next week.